What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show. It's the first look edition NFL DFS week four, making it happen. Coming off of a, another strange week of football. The scores this season have been absolutely ludicrous. We're going to get into all that. Tennessee, Minnesota canceling in-person activities based on some COVID-19 scares. And then, of course, position-by-position position breakdown here. I'm Dave Lockburn. With me, as always, Ben Rasa. Sal Vetri not able to join us today, but we got you held down. Don't worry. Put in the work. Going to take a look. And what we like to do, Ben, as you know, for the first look every Tuesday, since we have so many strategy shows, is oftentimes take a first look as if we are looking at it with the viewers and the listeners to some extent for the first time. We've obviously looked at the slate. We've broken a little bit of this down. Um, but we're here to learn on the show along with everybody else. And I think we've got another 13 gamer that's going to have a lot to digest, a lot to get into. No doubt. This is, I think, the last week before buys start. So last 13 gamer, ton of moving parts. But we're here. We're ready. Uh, you know, slate closed with an interesting game last night. Not what I expected, but... Now we'd flip the page and we look to week four. Happy to have everyone with us as always. If you're walking in the door, punch that thumbs up button. Seems like most of you guys have already done that. Appreciate you. There's nothing better than the early adopters, Ben. You know, they jump they in, know. they hit thumbs up because they support us. They love us and we love you guys. So uh, just a quick look at week three before we dive into the positions here. There were some more injuries, not, not as extensive as last one or as last time, but uh, as I mentioned to you before the show started, one of the craziest things I've seen in a while is there are eight teams in the NFL allowing more than 30 points per game through the first three weeks. Now, last season, and sure, we will see some adjustments. You would see some regression to the mean, I assume, but last year, at the end of the year, only one team allowed more than 30 points per game, and it was 30.3 points per game. It's been There's been an insane amount of scoring early on, uh, and once we get into the totals for this week, you're going to see a ridiculous amount of spots north of 52, 53, 54 points on the over-under. Uh, it's been a different season for, for myriad reasons. Uh, and I think as we're seeing the lack of, of, of preseason, the lack of an extended training camp, 
uh, it's really made a difference. I don't know what to, yeah, I mean, if you're just blindly betting overs, you're having a good year so far. It just seems that these games, they it, it's weird. It's it's almost like quiet points. I hate to say it like that, but you look at these games and it's like, eh, it's not really. And then you look and it's 37-34 and you're just like, wow, that escalated quickly. So we'll see what happens. You know, the injuries, Deontay Johnson was a big one last week. He heard a lot of lineups of a lot of people, but Overall, it was a pretty decent slate out there. I didn't think anything too crazy, and the Cowboys and, and, and Seattle kind of did what everyone expected it to do. It, it got wild late there. It did. Uh, I had a decent, I had a pretty good week uh, with a couple single entry and, and and three max spots, just coming in with, with some decent lineups, getting in on, on Josh Allen, who's been ridiculous through so the first good. three weeks. And, you know, ultimately – Maybe it is time to make some adjustments. Maybe it isn't. I, I thought, though, I thought you could could shed some light on this because one thing I like about your process is that you're, you take a hybrid approach in an age where a lot of people don't, right? In 2020, there's, there's no real gray area with a lot of analysts, with a lot of players. It's either straight math, entirely numbers-based, analytic-based, uh, or just going off of feel, right? And there is a medium there, which I think you've done a pretty good job of finding. Uh, you've had some big wins over the past few seasons with that approach. Um, do you think any adjustments are needed going into week four? Anything that you've noticed? Do you think we're going to see it, uh, as I said, regress back to the mean? Are we going to see it start to, to stabilize a little bit? Or do we need to start making some adjustments? And if so, what would they be? Yeah, that's the tricky part. So, you know, there's so many unknowns, whether it's just the home field aspect and are these teams defensively just not ready? I think it's important not to overreact. You have to treat the season. It's a long season. So, uh, but at the same time, you can't just ignore That's where I think people get into trouble. It's not just people who are one way or the other, but people who are just like, I have my process and I'm not going to deviate no matter what. Like that seems like a bad idea because there are times where you have to sit back and look and say, okay, something has come up that I didn't anticipate and now I need to rework what I'm doing. Uh, and I think just to use the Bills as an example, clearly Josh Allen, you could say what you want about him as a quarterback in life, but as a DFS quarterback, he clearly has to belong in that top tier. And that's something I think most people wouldn't have anticipated coming into this year. You're absolutely right. And you know, I mentioned jokingly early adopters hitting the thumbs up button when they walked in the door, but being an early adopter to certain players in DFS, huge. right, is huge. But not just for the ones that have been good, but also for the ones that have been bad and you think it's going to continue. I'm not going to get into a Carson Wentz rant. I did that yesterday, right? But I, there are certain spots that if we are actually identifying problems or identifying successes and parlaying that into our process for the, for the coming week, it's going to make a big difference. Josh Allen being a perfect example. Um, I think you know, yesterday, the whole Lamar Jackson thing, my assumption is he comes back in week four and absolutely destroys Washington. Matter of fact, I took Baltimore at 13 and a half the other night it moved to 12 and a half after yesterday i don't know if, if it shook some people seeing them really struggle again but i i take that at 13 and a half all day long i think it's going to be an absolute route so point being I, I don't see a ton of concerns I, i'm not totally concerned with someone like lamar jackson the kansas city chiefs own him he's 21 and one uh 
since being installed as the starter. 21 and one against the rest of the league, 0 and three against the Chiefs. They're just the better team. Mahomes is the better quarterback. But there are some spots that you and I are going to look at today uh, to try and figure out whether or not we should be making adjustments and really at each position who we like and who we don't like. So what do you say we kick it off at quarterback? All right, let's do it. All right, so I I went through the list of quarterbacks today, uh, this morning, and I I tell you what, here's, here's my first take on what I'm seeing. Number one, there isn't a ton in the mid range that I like between six and 7,000. If you want to pay up, I'd say go for it. But below 6K, there are a number of quarterbacks that are in really, really, really favorable spots. So let's start at the top. You've got Lamar, Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, all priced above 7K on DraftKings. Russell Wilson and Mahomes are the two best quarterbacks in the league right now. You want to debate me on that? Come hit me up on Twitter. You'll lose. But Dak Prescott's been outstanding as well, and his defense is so dreadful that it's forcing him to throw at an astronomical clip. Uh, And then Josh Allen's been so good that we can't ignore him either. All of these guys belong in the conversation of top-tier quarterbacks for DFS purposes. Maybe Kyler Murray's fringe, but everyone else uh, absolutely belongs there. No doubt. Um, And normally, uh, depending on the late game and the Monday game and the Thursday game, we rarely have all these guys, but we do this week ton of big names um and that's going to make a difference so we got guys north of eight thousand for lamar that's not something we normally see for quarterbacks and then we have a multitude of guys as you mentioned in the 7k range it's tough uh obviously you can only play one quarterback these guys all make sense what i do in situations like this i take a look at the rest of the slate i see about the stacks and then i fill it in because i I think you could make a reasonable case for pretty much all these guys and feel pretty comfortable with your lineups. Uh, a couple things from chat here. Let's see. Uh, I like dude says, okay, that's good. Laffy crap. Yeah, that's good. I, I should have read that one in advance. Uh, DFS. He, he says my brother won 10th place in the Millie maker. He was second until the Metcalf TD. It seemed like a lock until that he pays for your subscription, by the way. Awesome. Tell him we said, congratulations. Hold on. Adam Shockley said he tied for first in the showdown slate. Uh, and then a couple of people talking about the Titans and Minnesota game being pulled off the book or off the board uh, at, at books. That makes sense. I'm not going to play an alarmist role quite yet, right? We saw a ton of false positives come in before the season began. I think they find ways to mitigate this. I'm not terribly concerned. I still expect them to play. But if they don't, we'll see. We're still going to analyze them in the event that, that they're going to be active today. Uh, and if you guys do have any questions, feel free to hit us with them. We'll try to get to them. Uh, so, okay, at the top of this tier, though, are you – and we don't have ownership yet. We'll get that tomorrow when we'll do that show for Wednesday. But who are you most – who entices you the most here above 7K? If you had for me, to- it, would be, it would be Lamar. Um, and it's just – again, these, these are – you're splitting hairs with these guys. But coming off the loss – Good matchup against Washington. We'll see what's up with Chase Young. I think he's in a good bounce back. We obviously know what he can do with his legs. And then you just look at some of the other guys like Mahomes against New England. I think that's a fine spot, but my guess would be New England tries to really slow that game. Josh Allen against the Raiders. That's more than fine. Seattle on the road against the Dolphins. That's kind of a weird spot. They're banged up a little bit. 
Uh, to me, Lamar just stands out and he's the, the highest price. So I'm hoping ownership wise, he actually won't be that popular just because there's so many options up there. Yeah. I'm going to, I got to throw, um, I, I have to throw Dak Prescott into the mix as well. Against this game has a, a monster total for obvious reasons. Both, both of these teams have been dreadful defensively. You know, sure. You want to give Cleveland some credit coming off of, of a game against the the against Washington, fine, we can do that. But I'm not necessarily looking to crown them quite yet. They're still allowing almost 30 points per game, uh, and they faced Cincinnati and Washington in two of those spots. So you know, take that for what it's worth. But uh, this game's got a monster total right now. It's sitting at 55. Ben Dallas has a 29.8 implied total. Cleveland at 25.25. I personally think Dallas routes them in this game, you know, coming off of, of, of three spots where they got crushed by good offenses. They faced Seattle. They faced, um, they faced the Rams who, who found ways to, to, to make quick plays, get the ball quick out of Goff's hands and, and beat them up. Uh, and they faced Atlanta's offense who has two of the best, uh, has the best wide receiver tandem in the league. So yes, I think they come in here and they win this pretty handily. Uh, laying four and a half points. But from a fantasy standpoint, there's a lot to like here for Dak Prescott. Uh, and I assume that once again, he'll be pretty popular. I think Ezekiel Elliott, if he isn't popular, if Elliott isn't, is going to be a really good way to differentiate. Uh, even though Cleveland's run defense hasn't necessarily been a huge issue, I still think Dallas will move the ball at will. Um, Patrick Mahomes is an interesting one though, right? Because he's, he's, Facing a New England team that defensively has some holes this year. Uh, Gilmore's still very, very good. PFF grades him out as not nearly as good as he was last year, but I'm not necessarily sure that that's going to that's gonna last. Um, they've, got, they've got a very good secondary, but outside of that, this defense has a lot of holes. And we saw a very, very good secondary in Baltimore just get carved apart by Patrick Mahomes. Point is, if Mahomes is one of these guys that everyone ignores and, and he comes in at low ownership, I will have a lot of him very simply because he's way too good in any matchup he can go off. Uh, and we've seen him do it against the Patriots on countless occasions. Yeah, that's something against the Chargers. That was the situation with him. He wasn't popular and I went there and it didn't really work. It wasn't bad. It was fine. But Holmes always has that. He has great. I mean, Tyreek and Kelsey are always amazing pairings. I do find myself, though, prioritizing other guys, whether it's Lamar, Josh Allen. I get what you're saying about Dak, but I worry about that he's had the perfect game script in several of these games. What happens if Dallas does play well? I think Zeke benefits more than he does, and I, I think we might see a more efficient Dak Prescott, which is a bad thing, actually. We want the volume, not the efficiency. Yep, that's not. you're right. At that price, you're definitely going to have to pay for him. Uh, but... You know, volume can be mitigated by efficiency and vice versa, right? So the, the yardage totals, though, you're right, are, are absurd. 472 yards passing, 57 attempts. 450 yards passing, 47 attempts. Uh, against the Rams, Dak definitely struggled, but still attempted 39 passes. The volume has been so crazy. Um, you're right. Maybe that doesn't continue. I guess the question is, and we'll get there in a minute, what will Baker be able to do against them? Before we get there, let's talk about this mid-range between six and 7,000. 
it's not necessarily a spot that I feel great about right now. Uh, I think I'm either going up or I'm going to be going down. Maybe you have a difference of opinion. Yeah, I like this range a lot. Uh, probably my favorite quarterback at this first look is in here, and it's Deshaun Watson. I figured. Yeah, he's the one guy I really like in this range. Three brutal matchups. Uh, he hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been great. And there's real questions about what this offense is without Hopkins. I get that. But this is exactly what you talked about at the beginning of the show. Like, if Deshaun Watson had exploded in one of these games, he would be a lot more popular. Eyes would be on him. You got to be willing to take some chances. If you wait and he has a huge week four, well, in week five, you've lost a lot of value. So I, I will try to buy early. They get a good matchup against, man, the Vikings. Oh, that was awful. Uh, just a terrible loss from the Vikings last week. Well, that you had hurt. them in a lot of open-ended parlays and yeah. a lot riding on the Minnesota Vikings. And you would think, well, that's good because they easily covered, not easily, but they did cover, and they did. But I don't take those points because why would the game land on one? You don't need when you're getting two. Just take that plus 130. Mistakes were oh, made. You, but took, you took Vikings money line. Yeah, they covered. They just did not oh, cover. I would, I would have taken money line at two points too, yeah. <sighs> anyway. What a strange score. You don't see that too often. You do when I when I need them to win outright. But other than that, uh, this is a good spot for Deshaun Watson. I, both teams, this is all in mode. They're at home, favorite, easiest matchup he's had by far. Minnesota's really struggling. The secondary is in shambles. I, I like him a lot at 6,600. I think you can make a case dollar for dollar. He's the best quarterback on the slate. Okay, interesting. Now, the Vikings are bottom 10, according to Pro Football Focus, in, in coverage. Uh, run defense, they're even worse. They're 31st in run defense. The Well, you know what? I'll wait till we get the running back because David Johnson is someone that really yeah. stands out to me as well. Uh, and someone who I think people are, have, to some extent, soured on. But you mentioned really tough matchups. Can't ignore that. I know people say defense doesn't matter. Go watch the Pittsburgh Steelers and tell me facing that defense doesn't make a difference. Like, they have, played, they have faced some really difficult teams. Baltimore, they face Kansas City, they face Pittsburgh. David Johnson's been on the field for 95-plus percent of the snaps over his last two games. That's got to count for something. But uh, I digress here. Back to the quarterback position. This is where it gets really interesting to me, Ben. Uh, and throughout the week, we're going to cover this a lot more in depth. But here's just your first look. I think Matthew Stafford is very much in play at 5,900. The New Orleans defense is, you know, they you still have Marcus Lattimore. They're still, I think, one of the more respectable defenses in the league, uh, both up front and in the secondary. But I, I'm more so looking at this to be a shootout. And at the current time, Vegas tends to agree with me. You've got a total that is soaring on this game at 54 points right now. The Detroit Lions are only four-and-a-half-point dogs as well. They have a 25-point implied total. So I think Matthew Stafford, whenever you can get him sub-6K, makes for a very enticing option. And, yeah, if, if you're worried about Kenny Galladay, who had a very disappointing – or I'm not – I'm sorry, not a very disappointing return. Very disappointing start to the season because he was out two weeks – uh, return and played six uh, or hauled in six or seven targets, 55 yards, grabbed a touchdown as well. He's phenomenal in the red zone. If you're worried about him, you're worried about Marcus Lattimore. You still have Marvin Jones. You still have TJ Hawkinson. There's still a lot of ways that Matthew Stafford can get the ball to this team. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Matthew Stafford, to me, down there is someone I really like. And, uh, all right, here's where it gets interesting, Ben. I think you can absolutely play Baker Mayfield at 5,800. I, I I know it's gross, right? But in, in no way am this is bad against bad. Here's yeah, what I mean. It it's bad against bad. Either Dallas defensively looks better and that's very possible because they've been garbage through the first three weeks. Granted, they face some good quarterbacks, but they've still been terrible. They can't stop anything or Baker Mayfield is the less lesser of the two bads and ends up having himself a decent game. He's been brutal. Like, dude, he's been terrible. Now, he hasn't been forced to throw a lot in the last two games because they've won both of them, but he's cheap. He has weapons in Beckham and Landry and Hooper and Kareem Hunt. So, yeah, it sounds crazy. I'm sure many people are disgusted by that, but if Baker goes entirely overlooked in a game that has a monster total, uh, I can get there. And then, um, well, one more. Here it is. Ryan Fitzpatrick, baby. Mm. I, six and a half point home dogs. Fitzmagic is, Fitzpa- Fitzpatrick is a tournament winner or he loses you everything. There's no in between with Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's no in between at all. Seattle has struggled defensively as well. They've coughed up a ton of yards through the air. Yeah, I think those are three guys that I'm willing to look towards. Passing yards, by the way, listen to this. Seahawks defense, and then I'll turn it over to you. You can close out the position. 461 passing yards to Dallas, 397 passing yards to New England, 434 passing yards to the Atlanta Falcons. Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't Dak. He's not Matt Ryan, but he's also someone that can get it going. And when he's chucking it and connecting on passes, good things can happen. Yeah, I like this cheap range, and I'm hoping it's low on. There's a, I mean, this is where it's tough because there's a lot of guys down here. Chat mentioned Gardner Minshew. They're, they're just bad teams playing bad teams. And when you get that, you do get some opportunities for some shootouts, but you also get some opportunities for just some inept play at where, where neither team knows what's going on. It's just an ugly game and no one really gets there. So I get it for me. I'll just break them down real quick one by one. I'd rather have Breeze than Stafford. I think they're very similar, high floors. Both teams, eh. They'll, they'll be throwing the ball against average defenses. I'll take Breeze at 58. If I had to, I may look to him in cash. This is a tough range, though. You've got Minshew, Justin Herbert, Baker, and then you mentioned Fitzpatrick. Those are all tournament-type plays. Uh, I think the floors are pretty low on most of them, and, and for me, the way I look at it is you have to interpret the game flow. Like, if some of these teams 
aren't in shootouts, particularly with Seattle, I don't know exactly what Fitzpatrick is going to have to do. If you think they're definitely going to be trailing, I, I get it. Same with Baker. I have one guy, though, that you haven't mentioned for obvious reasons, that if if I'm playing in something like the Millie Maker or something like that, that I would go to. Who's that? It's bad. It's Daniel Jones. <laughs> 5,100. But you wince when I say Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, because you know why? This is why this sounds crazy. I think the Dolphins have a real chance to hang in that game. And I, think that, I thought they'd be bigger than six-and-a-half-point dogs when that line dropped. It's actually pretty telling. Coming off a Thursday game at home, Seattle's banged up. I, I don't love the spot for the Seahawks. You know what I don't love is the spot for the Giants. They will not be hanging in any game. He's played Daniel Jones. He's been awful. He's played Pittsburgh at Chicago and San Francisco. It's not the best draw. He's he runs it's actually pretty horrible. Yeah, horrible draw. He runs. There's nobody there. He's going to be playing from behind. And this is a guy that he reminds me of Trubisky a little, where you have big time ceilings and then you have like there's a chance he gets eight. And that's not the answer. But if you're looking for a one percenter and you want to load up at the skill position players, I may pair Daniel Jones easy runbacks with the Rams and hope that they can get to 24, 28 points in garbage time. All right. Fair enough. Danny Dimes. Don't recap Danny Dimes. Recapping the position. Ben's like Ben likes Lamar at the top, Deshaun Watson in the middle, and Danny Jones at the That's bottom. Right. Uh, I like Lamar, like I said. I, I was willing and did willing to bet Baltimore all the way up to 13 and a half. Ben, that's how confident I feel that they come in and absolutely route Washington. So we'll see. I know that's a lot of points. That a is. lot of points. But it, it feels like one of those games that ends, you know, 35 to 6. But we'll find out. I don't even know if Washington has a backdoor cover in them. But anyway, uh, we both like Deshaun Watson a lot in the middle. I don't love the rest of this middle tier. Uh, and then at the bottom, you like Danny Jones. I like Stafford. I know you said you like Breeze more, but I, I definitely think this is a spot where, where Matthew Stafford is forced to chuck it, uh, and nobody's better at doing that than he is when it comes to just amassing a ton of pointless yards. So uh, I'm there. And Baker's, Baker's as, as Daniel Jones is your gross pick of the week. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield is my disgusting pick of the week against Dallas. I think Dallas goes up early and I think they I, I, granted it's it's really tough to predict this type of stuff, right? And you can't base your decision solely on that. We talked about it on yesterday's Monday morning quarterback show. You know, don't make all of your decisions off of the game script. But uh either way, very high total in this game. The Dallas Cowboys simply uh don't have the defensive acumen to hold teams back. Uh, and if that remains the case for four weeks, I think Baker Mayfield can put up some numbers. So, yeah, I like it down there. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick, their run game is going to stall out. The Seattle Seattle defense is very, very good on the ground. They've been terrible through the air. So let's talk about running backs. We got their quarterback. Now we get to a position that is without Christian McCaffrey. The highest priced player is $8,000. So in this top tier, you have Kamara at Detroit is who had a monster monster game last time out career high yards from scrimmage, which was honestly lower than I thought Ezekiel Elliott at home against Cleveland, Dalvin cook, who you made your seven players North of $7,000. Yeah. I mean, all, all the familiar faces, Kamara, we'll see what's up with Michael Thomas, but regardless, he just is 
on, you know, with the full point PPR, he racks up so many catches. They're easy catches and he's so electric. He's taken back over. Uh, Zeke, I think is my favorite just because of the situation. I think more people have been interested in Dak and these receivers. And I kind of like Dallas in the game and that would lead me to Zeke. He's still going to get some work in the passing game, but what you want is them winning him, getting the ball 20 times on the ground and punching it in a couple times. So this is where I plan to spend up. This is why, Chad, I know everyone hates on Dana Jones. You can play both of them comfortably around some cheap stacks, and that's the opportunity cost in a good way that you get when you pay down a quarterback. I think it's a smash spot for Zeke, too. Yeah. Um, now, again, not hanging your hat on game script, it is always very possible that everyone floods to Zeke because they expect it to be just a ground attack from Dallas, and, and it ends up being Dak Prescott. We saw last year against Miami, Zeke was like 40% owned, and it turned out that it was the Dak to Cooper show, and and they just complete aerial assault, didn't need to go to the ground. Dak, or Elliott didn't get in the end zone once. So if they can manufacture yards in any way possible, which I believe they can against Cleveland, I still like Dak, but I also like Elliott. I like this whole team coming into week four. Uh, I, I don't. Up top, like if you want to go to Kamara, I have no issues with that. There was that met, or there was that graphic on the game from Sunday night that Drew Brees has been in the bottom three or bottom four of the league in average depth of target over the past seven years or something like that. And then remove Michael Thomas from the equation, it's only going to get worse, which is why the Saints are a tough team when the Saints have a tough time coming back from, from deficits late in games, Ben, because they're not they don't function as a deep threat team that they can just carve you up with huge air yards uh it, Alvin Kamara needs to break five tackles and route to a a 52 yard touchdown reception i still like him though if michael thomas is out i like him even more but i would lean elliot here uh, not huge on henry against pittsburgh especially with his lack of uh, pass catching upside dalvin cook i think is fine but we'll get the better options uh, and then Nick Chubb, I don't want to say he gets phased out of this game, but I do worry that, that this this could get a little bit ugly and Kareem Hunt has more uh, opportunity than than I'd prefer. So I don't know about you, but above 7K, there's maybe two guys I, I, I really like and the rest of them are just okay. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a similar spot. I, I think that Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, the time to play them was last week. Not to say they can't string together multiple good games, but I really like the spot for Cook last week. And, and Chubb, you had mentioned on our Sunday show, he was coming in at like, we had him projected for like 1% ownership. It was very low and he was very low owned. So that's the benefit of being able to see those ownership projections. It really helps when you're building. I, I'm going to pay up. And then there's a, listen, there's a million guys. We have to see the injury situations for some of these teams. Uh, a lot of Q tags out there. So for me up top, pretty vanilla, uh, just taking the top two priced running backs if I could take anybody. Okay. The Lions have been gashed on the ground, by the way. I don't know what sites you guys are playing on, but if it if it turns out that for some reason Latavius Murray is just wildly underpriced somewhere, it's I don't think it's the the craziest idea in tournaments. Now, on DraftKings, 4,900 uh, is a bit too much because he's not going to be involved in the passing game. But if he was really, really cheap, he's had a decent amount of work in games where they're playing with a lead for a while. Uh, so it's not crazy, but Kamara, uh, 
in this particular spot is, is really enticing. Only six attempts last week, but 14 targets, Ben. Those are insane numbers for a high-priced running back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll take that. I don't know how much of that was due to them trailing or it was due to Michael Thomas just not being there. Yeah. Either way. Also, Green Bay's run defense is is their is is usually their weakness, but it didn't really matter. Yeah, and they were missing their nose tag. I, that's the one thing about statistics like that, which are important, but like you look at Detroit and they've gotten gashed on the ground. But Kamar, that's not what Kamara is gonna do. Like they exactly. will never give him the ball 20 times on the ground. That's just not Latavius Murray is much more live. That's why I mentioned Murray. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So just keep that in mind. It doesn't mean that he's in a bad spot, but he's just not built to handle. This is not Derrick Henry where it's like, all right, they're going to give him the ball 30 times and he's just going to gash the lions on the ground. Agreed. He might do it through the air, but yeah, he's not a volume player. He needs 15 touches and you'll live with it because half will be targets. Josh Jacobs is uh, 6,800 against Buffalo. Found this interesting. Uh, Pro Football Focus has the Buffalo Bills run defense as 29th, or sorry, 30th overall, ahead of only the Vikings and Panthers. Kind of fascinating knowing that that they've, they've been, you know, widely referred to as one of the better defenses in the leagues. So I started looking at the at the matchups, and what was it? Last week they coughed up 167 yards to Daryl Henderson and company. Against Miami, 99 rushing yards, but that's Miami. And that's what's good about pro football focus, Ben, is they contextualize things, right? Yeah. It's it's not just how many yards have you allowed, how many yards per attempt. Miami's rocking Miles Gaskin, who I like, but he's not going to be an efficient, you know, in-between-the-tackles runner. It's just not going to happen. Jordan Howard, uh, Matt Breida, those guys have been wildly inefficient. And then the New York Jets in week one, where you've got – Lev Bell and Frank Gore handling the, the bulk of the work, and, and Lev Bell got hurt uh, in the second quarter. So maybe maybe the Bills' run defense hasn't actually performed well, and I think week three gave us a glimpse into that window. Do you have interest in, in Josh Jacobs at 6,800 at home, uh, assuming he continues to see a monster workload? Yeah, he makes sense. It's, it's supposed to be a competitive game. He's going to get the work. And, and you mentioned the Bills – they're a tough team to gauge. They've shown flashes of being fantastic. They've shown flashes of, I don't know what you want to call that. They almost blew that game. They should have probably lost last week. I think the when you get into lineup construction, and certainly we'll have a long time to do this over the week, Jacobs makes an easy play because you can stack up Josh Allen with a bunch of guys, and he's the obvious run back on the Raiders. Like If you think the Raiders control this game at home, he's great. He's going to get the work, and the price is reasonable, so... I don't mind him. I think Robinson's reasonable right below him. I'm not going to, the chiefs just are frustrating to deal with. Like I think Edwards Hilaire is in a fine spot, but I don't see myself running to grab him either. See, I'm glad you mentioned that. This is actually one spot where, where I feel like I could end up and it's so early in the week, right? We don't have ownership yet. We don't, we don't know what things are going to look like. I feel like I could see myself, going very overweight on on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I say this because I don't have any faith in the Patriots' run-stopping ability. I don't. Uh, and you you might really see a game plan from Andy Reid that exploits that. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, here, check this out. If we're talking about volume, 26 looks yesterday, 20 attempts, six targets. That is solid. Playing with the lead, sure, but still six op- opportunities in the passing game. 
against the Chargers. It was an inefficient game from the team as a whole, but he still had 18 looks, 10 attempts, eight targets. And then in week one, 25 attempts and two targets. So 27 looks, 18 looks, 26 looks. At 6,400, Ben, a guy that can give you and has given us 25-plus looks in two of three games involved as a featured back in both phases of the offense, 6,400 seems pretty cheap in a game where they're favored by, I think, a touchdown. I like it because you can you can pair him with Mahomes, no problem, but you can also leverage against Mahomes and the receivers That's what I'm him. thinking. But the, the thing that's tricky, and, and listen, this is why the Chiefs are great, the touchdown variance is tough for everybody in the league. It's even tougher with Kansas City because they like to do stupid things that work. They work, but around the re- – we saw last night. Like, you're losing touchdowns not to the other skill position players, but you're also losing them to just random people. And the Chiefs do that a lot. So it's very hard for him to really get there. He only has one touchdown through the first three weeks. If you're going to tell me he's going to touch the ball 25 times, I'll live with that because it will normalize – not bad. I will say upon digging in, and that's why these shows are so important. You said it at the top, we're kind of learning with you guys. That may make more sense than I first initially gave it credit for because you can leverage against Mahomes and they can control this. Maybe I'll put it like this. I think that game goes under. I like the under in that game. And that kind of leans me to Hilaire a little more than I would have thought. Sure. And if, if, if there was one element of the new England's <laughs> defense that I trust less it is going to be that that front seven, right? Yeah. It's going to be the linebacking core, their inability to slow down the run. It's still early in the season. We still have a lot to see. But I think you would agree that we st- we can't be looking at the Patriots and saying after uh, after a game or two that this secondary is just awful now with the with the bodies that they have back there. No, not at all. The the Patriots are going to be fine. They're the Patriots, uh, but the way they're running offense. I think it's going to – they have to slow the game. They're not stupid. The last thing they want to do is get into a shootout with Mahomes when they've got Cam and a – not a bad offense, but a different type of offense. So I I feel pretty confident that that game could have six, seven-minute possessions when the Patriots get moving. Yeah, and if we're leveraging against Mahomes and Edwards Hilaire is just getting way less ownership, I'm all about it. And that might end up being the case. I'll tell you why. I'm not sure if people are going to flock back to Kenyon Drake. I see yep. this in the chat in the super chat right now. Uh, a lot of discussion about Drake. Some people are on him. Some people are off of him. Here, here's my honest to God opinion, man. If, if Drake is going to be very popular, it's going to be tough for me not to want to leverage against that. And it's not direct leverage, but in terms of an ownership share, I think Drake could once again be very popular. Here's the one difference between the two. Kenyon Drake has seen a ton of opportunities on the ground, uh, 16, 20, and 18, but he has been targeted only five times through two games. Granted, they've played with a lead in these spots, but I don't necessarily think we can just assume that they're going to be playing from behind against Carolina. So I like Kenyon Drake. I imagine I'll have a decent amount of him at $6,000, but I am a little bit worried that he has not been involved in the passing game at all. It's not ideal. And then the other problem is you've got a guy in Kyler Murray who's got four TDs on the ground right now. Some Mm -hmm. of those are opportunities for Drake that he's just missing out on. So if you, I mean, there are two types of running backs. You have Derrick Henry, not going to catch a ton of passes, but he's going to get so much goal line work and so many carries it works. You've got the Kamaras. 
not going to get a ton of work, but he catches so many passes. If you don't catch a ton of passes and you don't get as many opportunities. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Opportunities on the goal line. It's really difficult to get there. So I do feel that there's an element that Drake is kind of in no man's land with where his price falls. And I get it. But one of those is going to have to change. He needs to pick up the receiving upside or he needs to start finding the end zone and not letting Kyler take those in. Joseph Mata said running back targets don't hold the same value as running back or as wide receiver targets. Um, Actually, we had this discussion yesterday on the Monday morning quarterback show, which is definitely why you should watch it. We went over some great stuff. I disagree with that entirely. Uh, If you're talking about the average depth of target and the expected points per reception when you're factoring in yards, sure. But what is the expected rate that you're going to catch a pass as a running back, Ben? 75, 80%? Yeah, maybe more. There maybe. are extensions of handoffs. Like exactly, for Kamara, but you get catch, points for them. Yeah, full point PPR is huge. That's right. a touchdown so, and a half sometimes. Like Alvin Kamara had more than two touchdowns worth of receptions. If he had zero yards on those receptions, he still would have had 13 points. So – no, wide receiver receptions are immensely valuable because, or, or sorry, wide receiver targets are immensely valuable because of the likelihood that they're actually going to catch them. Take Mike Davis, for example. Mike Davis ran a route on 44%, or sorry, was targeted on 44% of his routes ran, which is insane. But he had eight receptions on nine targets. Those eight receptions accounted for eight points alone and 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 fueled him over that 20 fantasy point mark. So. Uh, yeah, Ben, I don't know. I, I think being able to count on running back targets is super valuable, especially if you're not functioning on the ground well, or with touchdowns being so volatile, knowing that you can you can account for a touchdown with six or seven receptions. Well, there's no, I don't want to say there's no, but there's little variant. Like, that's the difference. If you're wide, look at A.J. Green. A.J. Green has had a couple of games where he's had like double-digit targets and three receptions. If your running back gets 10 targets, you can project pretty confidently that he's getting seven or eight receptions at minimum. Like you're not going to have a, a running back who has 10 targets and two receptions. That's just impossible because of the nature of the target. So it's actually really projectable. Uh, you just have to worry about the volume of how many targets they may see. For sure. Uh, I, 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 th- I think he should be getting him. I don't know. I still like Kenyon Drake. I still so like, just to be clear, I think he's okay, but yeah, but I'm just throwing it out there that, that, it's super valuable also to have some opportunity in the passing game and consistency. So uh, what else are you doing at the running backs position? 
So you've got, uh, Chad has mentioned him several times, and if you don't want to go to Sean Watson, certainly David Johnson makes a ton of sense. Going to be popular. I get it. He just, he makes a ton of sense for, for the Texans right now. He's pre- holding steady around 15-esque, you know, targets and touches a game when you combine everything. And this is the best matchup he has seen as well. Uh, so I get that. The guy I want to ask you about is coming off a big game is Daryl Henderson. We, we have to see what's up with Cam Akers, but he started to kind of solidify himself as a, as a key piece of this Rams offense. They have the dream matchup, two touchdown favorite at home. If he's going to get the volume, he's going to get the production. It's just a matter of how do they really divvy up these carries over in LA? I'm so uncomfortable with this Los Angeles backfield right now. I, I don't have a ton of faith in anybody like Malcolm Brown. I'm not surprised that we've seen his, his opportunities wane over the few, over the past few weeks, even with Cam Akers sideline, because we all know what he is. He's a decent backup, right? Like he's, he's not a feature back. Daryl Henderson was drafted as a guy who we thought would end up being that guy. Uh, but last week, uh, Malcolm Brown played 49% of snaps. Henderson played 49% as well. The week before that, Brown 54, Daryl Henderson 42. Uh, Daryl Henderson's price point, at first glance, it's pretty ugly. But I guess your point here being, if they're 13 and a half point favorites at home against the New York Giants, maybe there is going to be enough opportunity for Henderson. Yeah, my, my biggest worry is that he, and we'll have to see, he might be very popular after last week. And it doesn't feel like a spot where I want to chase it just because the Rams are another team. They got a lot of guys and a lot of bodies they can mix and match. So ownership will dictate it. If he is massively popular, I will look to Joe Mixon at the same price as a straight pivot. Listen, it's Joe Mixon. I think in games where they're competitive, He's going to get the work. He's had a bad season to start right now, but that's going to come with the territory when you're on the Bengals. All right. So working your way down and then we'll go to wide receiver tight end and close this one out. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet, by the way. Appreciate all you that have already done that. And subscribe. So you always know when new content's dropping next, hit that subscribe, hit the notification bell so they alert you upon these videos dropping. Uh, Like Devin Singletary last week, He's fine. It's just you, you can't rely on him to get the opportunities uh, at the goal line or inside the five. It still like, didn't work. He I th- he he missed the touchdown by an inch. Then they gave him a chance, and then they just yeah. they said, "Let's get Lee Smith a touchdown." Why? No one knows, but sure. Right, and he, yeah, you're right. He had a couple shots, but not the same amount of shots that a lead that a normal lead back should no have. Doubt. You know. Uh, it's unfortunate, and when you have a pa- and a rushing running uh, quarterback like like Josh Allen, that also uh, hurts. I mentioned that Mike Davis was targeted on forty five percent of the routes he ran last week, which is insane. Um, a matter of fact, no, forty five percent of the routes that he's ran since week two, I think, when um, when McCaffrey went down earlier or late in that game. Either way, you get the point. Yeah, that's nuts. It's it's a really it's a really insane stat. His price has come up. You know, Leonard Fournette continues to hang up there, which is just complete stay away spot. I, I don't know why anyone would want to get there at that price point. Uh, and then the big big question here is David Johnson. He's played ninety five plus percent of his snaps in back to back games. Uh, he's had a tough draw, as you would say, as far as matchups go. They got behind very early to Kansas City. He looked good in that game, but they couldn't keep using him on the ground. 
They got behind very early against Baltimore. Uh, and then yet uh, on Sunday, he was just wildly inefficient on the ground, but Pittsburgh has swallowed up uh, a bevy of good running backs to start the season. So um, what are we doing with David Johnson and what are we doing with the cheap backs here? Yeah. They, listen, David Johnson is another way to get exposed. If you want to target the Texans, that's the other way to go. If you don't want to go to Sean Watson and some of the pass catchers, it makes total sense. Uh, it's the best matchup they've had by far. And that's why it's kind of a buy low situation. Other than that, I don't see a ton. I like, I think you can make a case for Burkhead because he's a guy that gets those easy targets. They could be trailing. Um, we obviously have to see uh, what is James White? Is he still, I think he's still questionable. We'll see if he plays, if he returns, obviously I would not go to Burkhead, but if he has the backfield to himself in a bad game script for the Patriots, it's a good game script for him. So what about David Montgomery? I'm one and one. Week, week, week one, spot on with Montgomery. Week two, not so much. He had 17 looks. Going uh, for the in, rubber match? I, in a high-scoring game, yeah. He just sucked. So uh, I'll eat that one. I'll take that, Al. Uh, well, no, but the reason I ask you is, is significant. Tariq Cohen's on the IR with, with the ACL. So – you know, does it become strictly his backfield or do you start looking to someone like Ryan Nall? Um, I don't know. Maybe David Montgomery in a game that is expected to be very close could be productive. But uh, like, like I, like I said, maybe I'll just cut my losses, call it a, call it break even, you know, I'll, I'll play for the tie like the Eagles. I think it's a situation for me. There's 13 games. And there's so many moving parts for, for this team right now. I don't know how high the ceiling is. And I, I worry about the floor. You've got foals. I don't love the matchup. It, it's fine. You're going to get them at very low ownership. I'm just not sure exactly what type of team Dave, David Montgomery would fit into right now. I don't think there's a ton to like once you get lower uh, into the running back tier. Like th- I-, I looked I looked at, at, at a lot of these different options thinking that maybe we had something. Jordan Wilkins is getting garbage time carries. That's all he's good for at this point. Uh, you can't trust anyone in Miami right now. Swift is getting no real work in that backfield. Uh, I guess I'll ask you about one more guy before we move forward. Rex Burkhead uh, was the subject of many tournament winning lineups last week. He had 10 targets, only six opportunities on the ground. Pretty much the Alvin Kamara role for the um, for the Patriots. Assuming James White doesn't play, and I really have no idea whether he's going to or not, would Burkhead be someone you go back to? Yeah, I think we, we talked briefly about this. Just It's a good game script for him. Chiefs going to put up a lot of points, and he's someone that gets those targets that are very projectable. He had 10 targets last week, seven receptions. That's a very, very Rex Burkhead type stat line. I don't know why it would be different. This is all contingent that James White doesn't play, though. Steven says, what was the over-under on Eagles references by Laffey today? Where are you? What's up? They're not on the slate, thank God. Thank God. I've only mentioned them twice. Uh, I'm surprised I haven't mentioned them. I know. (laughs) Honestly, what a stupid decision to punt. You, you, you Oh, God. I have so many people arguing with me on Twitter about that too, being like, oh, you, you, you play for the tie there. You play for the tie. No, yeah, that's smart. Go for the fucking jugular, man. Come on. 
Joe Burrow still would have needed to get Steven. Look what you've done, man. Look what you've That's done. That's the stupidest part about this. People make, I mean, if it was me, if I was on my own 20, I would still go for it. But people make like if you don't get it, they just kick a field goal. That's you the have point. an 80 yard field goal kicker. Like, right. like it's gonna end in a tie, most likely, if you don't make it. Right. Exactly. I, there would have been there would have been about 12 seconds left on the clock if they kicked the field goal. So yeah. It, or if they missed. I don't know. Whatever. I digress. It's so gross. The Cowboys are going to make the playoffs because none of you people can get your acts together. <laughs> Washington's first and at one and two, first place, man. Trash division. Who do they? Who do the Eagles play this week? I I truly don't even know. The Niners. They're getting oh, six and a half great. points. It's a wrap. Yeah. Anyway, you want to talk some wide receivers? Yeah. I mean, I guess we have. I'm. Yeah. Sure. Come on. Let's Doing, go back. Huh? Hey, by the way, our express package, we just added all of our showdown content to it. I saw a ton of names from Awesome at the top. Uh, I got in late on the Millie Maker, so I jumped in on the $400,000 one. And I'm pretty sure we had an Awesome logo up there tied for first place for like $22,000 or something. So whoever you are, congrats, man. Uh, you see a lot of Awesome logos at the top of those showdown slates. And our new our express package, we've decided that Instead of only offering what we were offering, because it's $3.95 a week, we're including all of our showdown content now for NFL. Projections, for player projections, ownership projections, player rankings, top plays, all the premium articles, all of the showdown stuff is included for $3.95 a week. That's the express package. It's awesome. Uh, if you're working on a budget, but you still love DFS, and you still want to have a competitive advantage by using these awesome tools, all of which were created, developed, and used by the number one DFS player in the world, Alex Baker. Um, they're actually his tools. He actually uses these every day, uh, and they're also on the site. Then, well, you know, there's really no option other than to check it out. It's $3.95 a week, man. If you don't like it, well, you know what to do. If you want more, if you want MMA and, and MLB and all of our PGA. NFL content. And PG, what's that? I said MPG. You got to say PGA because I'm on the show. Come on now. Of course. You're the best PGA analyst out there, man. Did I miss PGA or did I say? Yeah, you were going, you were in the woods. I think you said NASCAR. No respect. I, I always say PGA and I throw your name out there, but okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Disrespectful. Everything we have, if, if they have contests on DraftKings, on FanDuel, on any of these sites, we have content for it, free and premium. You can get the, the weekly, you can get the monthly, which I think is the best bang for your buck. Uh, the annual all access everything and the fantasy cruncher add-on which is huge if you're really looking to take your game to the next level go to awesome.com slash join again all of the best tools out there the preeminent tools in the industry because why would you not trust them created by the guy that's won the most money playing dfs or at least ranks number one in the world right now uh, so head over there and hey if you do decide to sign up Pop your head into our premium Slack chat. Say what's up. It's a cool community there talking DFS, sports betting, around the clock. And we even have office hours where people like Ben and, and Adam and Josh and Alex are answering questions uh, for, for guys that have questions about the process and about everything else. So awesome.com slash join. We'll see you over there. Top of the position, Hopkins, Michael Thomas. I, I think Thomas expects to be back here. That it My assumption that is Thomas plays this week. Tyler Lockett. Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf. Um, these are your guys up top. Stefan Diggs. What are you thinking at the top of the position? 
Yeah, I mean, Hopkins has separated himself, not right now in price alone. He's $900 more than Michael Thomas, who is kind of a a different situation anyway. If you take him out of the equation, he's $1,500 north of Lockett and everybody else. So that's your first question. Will you have the money for a guy that is just unstoppable? He's very, very good. He's got a fine matchup with Carolina. Working down, though, this is where it gets interesting. It's very tough to distinguish between Lockett and Metcalf. Apparently the answer is to just take both of them uh, the way Russ is cooking, as they say. Guy I'm interested in is Stefan Diggs. Tough matchup last week. He was, you know, Ramsey, other guys, John Brown got hurt. If you like Josh Allen, he's the simple pairing with him. The upside is there. And I, it's just a long-term buy. I've said a lot. I really think that Diggs is a game changer for Buffalo. And these are the type of situations he can excel in. Totally agree. Uh, I had some interest in him last week. He was he look he, he didn't he didn't kill you. I can he didn't kill you. No, but, you just when you score thirty five points, you would think, man, this is the spot, and it just unfortunately didn't materialize. Right, and that's why like the whole game script thing can be tough because I think I actually DM'd you. I said I was spot on about yeah. Buffalo running up a, an insane amount of points. I was wrong about where those points went to, but it's it's really difficult to predict in a spot like that, that they're going to some of these cast of characters that they actually went to, right? Like some of the guys that scored touchdowns won't score a touchdown again for the rest of yep. the season. Lee Smith. That's yeah. not a real person. Lee. <laughs> like what? Yeah. I had John Brown. He got hurt. That was a, that was a killer. That was brutal. Uh, that was the one prop I lost. I had over 39 and a half yards on Brown. I thought it was a lock. Ended up with zero. But look, still, you're right. Diggs is a game changer in this offense. There's no doubt about it because he's not just a speed guy, but he's a great route runner. He's one of the polished route runners in the league. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to get back to Diggs here. No problem at all. Uh, at the rest of the position, DeAndre Hopkins leads the league in yards. Um, a ton of yards after the catch. 80-plus percent reception uh, rate. He's just doing everything well. I, I, I'm i wondering if it's going to be another Kenyon Drake chalk day, but Hopkins at this price isn't as popular. If you want to pay for Hopkins, I'm not going to argue with you on that. The guy has 37 targets through three games. He's been spectacular, uh, and I think he begins to find the end zone against the Carolina team that uh, defensively has so many holes, just in, in an incredible amount of holes. Uh, they're they're terrible on all fronts, and you know whether they beat them up on the ground or through the air, they're going to get diced up pretty good. Do you like the Seattle receivers? Just real quick. Not really. Again, I I think at first glance that game is one. I I think that Miami can hang in. It doesn't devolve into a shootout like they've been playing. I know Carson is hurt, but I I don't think that matters that much. I think Seattle still wants to run the ball at heart. I don't hate them, but when they're when they're priced to the ceiling and you have to choose between them, unless you're pairing them with Russ, I'll go elsewhere and feel feel okay. Allen Robinson's always an interesting one too. I I loved he was I think my highest owned receiver in week in week three. Really liked him. Uh, there was a lot of by the way. There was a lot of talk about oh Foles came in and and turned it around. I, I will just say I think he had six for sixty four at halftime. So it's not like it's not like he wasn't still getting opportunities. He did score in the second half, though, and probably should have had two, but 
That was a weird play. Very weird. I, I understand the ruling, to be honest Same. with you. But uh, either way, whether it's Foles or Trubisky, Robinson's still going to get uh, an excessive amount of opportunities, and that's really all I care about. So I'm not afraid to go there. What else in the mid-range or uh, from like 5 to 7K do you like? So there's some some guys as we work down, I, I think – Cooper Cup just should get his everyone against the Giants is going to get them. But the guy I want to talk about and fellow uh, awesome Oconta person, Matt Kajewski had some tweets on this this morning, Keenan Allen, 37 targets tied with Hopkins right now, leading the league. He had 19 in week three, and it seems like Justin Herbert is going to go to him early, often, regardless of game script. They draw a, a Tampa Bay team that I'm very comfortable with that matchup. He's 6,500. If he's going to see this type of volume, uh, I'm going to buy because he will get there. He's a matchup nightmare for pretty much any secondary. Yeah, he certainly is. Keenan Allen's been absurd. He, he did this last year. He fell off quite a bit as the season went on, but he'll get peppered with targets, and it definitely appears that Justin Herbert's leaning on Keenan Allen. 19 looks last game. Insanity. Keenan Allen's a volume guy, though, right? Like he He's the type of guy that relies on volume, so that's one thing that needs to be considered. At that price, though, against Tampa, uh, I- I'm with you. I don't have any issues getting there. Michael Gallup had a big bounce back last week, just as everyone thought he was dead. Why who's would he be? Cedric Wilson. Sorry to hijack that, but, like, what? who's that? <laughs> like, I-, I had C.D. Lamb, and it's just some guy I've never heard of catching all the touchdowns. Yeah. Two touchdowns, 107 yards, five receptions on seven targets. It was crazy. I wonder if people are going to start looking towards him uh, in, on the waiver. I, 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 I'd advise against that. But so would I. Crazy. I, I'll look towards some Dallas players. You know, I have no issues with the stack there. Kenny Galladay likely seeing Lattimore is a little bit concerning, but if I like Stafford, I do want to get to this Detroit passing game. Um, how about Odell Beckham? every week man it's there it's always there but the problem is unlike I mean Keenan Allen's an outlier example the other way I don't know what type of game script Odell can punch through like 10 target ceilings and you want you want to have that upside and he's just not there he can put up effective games just too many mouths to feed Kareem Hunt when they're trailing gets a lot of work we've got they've got other receivers with Landry and whatnot 5,800 I get it. I don't mind it. I like Wolf Fuller more just because I like the Texans more than the Browns right now. All right. And I'll give you one more guy that I think um, that I think could go vastly overlooked and might end up being a really, really good play here. It's going to be Devontae Parker. Okay. Uh, I really, he played. So in, in game one, I know he was dealing with, he was a little banged up, played 37% of snaps. 88% in week two, 92% in week three. Uh, you're you're going to continue to see Devontae Parker on the field for pretty much a, a, as, as long as they can possibly keep him out there. And uh, I'm on board for this. Seattle is going to – Russ or sorry, Ryan Fitzpatrick, whether he's good or not, he's going to throw the ball a ton. And, and that's all I care about. Give me the volume here. I know you think that it could stay close. You might be right. But I don't see any way it stays close because they're they're – punching at miles Gaskin for 30 yard gains. So, you know, no, that that's fair. And listen, like, and chat pointed this out. I'm not saying that Seattle 
it, obviously they can throw the ball, but it's been also a product of the games. Like I, I think that if they control the game from start to finish, Rush will go, will go back to what he normally does, which is be extremely efficient. And we've always said that, man, if he tapped into that ceiling and they let him go, maybe they will. But I, I still think more often than not, he's going to have capped games where he's just very efficient. One last guy, if I'm taking a real extreme and it's been a product of game flow, I still think T.Y. Hilton has some big games in him. He's 5,300. He's done nothing, but I mean, look at last week. What was he supposed to do? It's 36 to seven in a blink. They scored two defensive touchdowns. If this game is more competitive, Ridley had his way against that Bears secondary last week. I think T.Y. Hilton can emulate that. Okay. Um, Chris Carson with that first degree knee sprain. So keep an eye on that. Yeah. I, I'm not necessarily suggesting you go to Carlos Hyde here because yeah. DraftKings priced him up, but I would say that uh, there might be more opportunity through the air uh, in the event that their run game is is curtailed by injuries. Um, Andy Isabella with two scores last week, or sorry, on Sunday, but you, you want to talk about needing to be wildly efficient. He had four targets, four receptions, 46 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. Or he's gonna break the break the mold and score on fifty percent of his touches, but I, I have a funny feeling that's not the case. So don't go there. Last one here. What about Brandon Cooks at forty five hundred against Hughes or against Minnesota? Uh, as of now, by the way, Pittsburgh said that they are they are proceeding as if the game is on. They're playing Tennessee. So, like we said at the beginning of the show, we'll assume that as of now the games are also still on. Yeah, I mean, listen, the good thing about this situation is it's Tuesday. We're going to know. It's not like they're going to say, we'll see what happens. We'll know if the game gets canceled, and then we'll proceed accordingly. It's not going to surprise us. Uh, it, listen, when you, if you want to play Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller is going to come very highly correlated to him. Cooks is a way to be different within that stack. I have to say T. Higgins is interesting just because he's really starting – to get some chemistry. He had nine targets against your boys last week, couple touchdowns. I still am not sure that I'm there fully though. So I have his name kind of penciled in at 4,500 as well, but that's one I'm going to revisit on Sunday with you and Alex Baker. It's pretty crazy that the routes run over the weeks two and three, Tyler Boyd leads the league. AJ Green is sixth. T Higgins is seventh. They're just like, these guys can't run. Joe Mixon has struggled. The offensive line can't block, particularly run blocking. It's been straight out firing the ball. Now they had an overtime game. Sure. But all in all, it's been, it's been crazy. By the way, Brandon cooks snap count way up 71 routes run over his last two games. So uh, he's no longer limited. I don't mind getting to a speed guy like cooks. I really don't hate that at all. He can get behind defenses at 4,500. I have interest there. All right, Ben, you ready to close it out with tight ends? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's make this happen. We are uh, starting with Travis Kelsey. I believe your bet of the of the day was Travis Kelsey over six receptions. My buddy, uh, good friend of mine, guy was in my wedding and everything. He uh, he he hits me up each each week and he'd be like, "Yeah, I hopped on Ben's bet of the day. They've been crushing lately." <laughs> and yesterday, he goes, "Ah." Oh, Kelsey had six or four receptions, what felt like in the first quarter, and then trailed off. I told him they're going to throw right here. It's third down. It was what three minutes left in the game. Threw it. 
you pushed at least, you know, at least you get your money back on that. They refund everything on pushes, which is nice, but uh, yeah, six or seven targets. He just wasn't needed late in that game. And just real quick on that, it speaks to the importance of shopping the line. So that line, when that article was posted was five and a half and you would have won that bet. A lot of books shaded it, moved it to six instead of moving the juice. So one of the many reasons, yeah, those props have been good that it, it truly is why you need to go to odd shop or what I do when I write those, I go and I, I'm not even, I'm just scanning the lines. And a lot of times one book has an outlier. You look at it and you, you dig in and you say, wow, everyone else has this 30 points adjusted one way. I'm going to dig into this. And if you like that prop on its own merit, that's usually a pretty good time to attack. And that was the reason I went to Kelsey last night. Oddshopper.awesome.com. You're right. You got to be able to find that, that, that half a reception makes the biggest difference. Um, I don't see a lot of props on the even number though. Usually, usually there's a hook. Usually there's a hook for sure. So, you know, six is whatever, but five and a half. Yeah. Always looking to take that. Mark Andrews last night, that was a rough game, not only for Lamar Jackson, but also for Mark Andrews. He should have caught that touchdown. The other one wasn't his fault. Should have caught the touchdown. Yep. And that could have turned things around. They made a little bit of a push, but all in all, Lamar, Lamar Jackson had a, a dreadful, dreadful game passing the football. You know he didn't cl- eclipse 100 yards passing. Why not? Bully me. I was acutely aware of. <laughs> what, are, what are we doing at the top of tight end? I, I mean, Kelsey is great. I just, again, that's a game I'm looking to mitigate the exposure to. So probably not going to get to much of him. If I do, maybe I do run Mahomes stacks. Mark Andrews, if you want to pair up with Lamar, I'm not going to overreact to one bad game for him. He's pretty expensive, but against Washington, they can do whatever they want. More often than not, though, I'll be living in that next tier. There's a lot of guys in that 4 to 5K range that have some promise, have some upside. Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram for my Danny Dimes stacks. Uh, your boy Hawkinson is starting to show some life. This is a guy who's pretty high on in, in life, and Stafford seems to be going to him quite a bit each week. I, I think you could even make a case for Kaziki against Seattle. There's a lot of guys in that range I like. John Musto says, I feel like Lafayette's going to mention Gasecki. That is correct. Yep. Damn right I'm going to mention him. Uh, I know last week he was very limited in his opportunities. They ran the ball a lot last week, and he wasn't necessarily needed against a fraudulent Jacksonville team. Frauds. I can't believe the amount of people – uh, that were saying, like, get in on Jacksonville before it's too late. Well, get out before it's too it's late. It's too this, late, yeah. It, this team stinks. Uh, I, I, but here's the thing. You know I'm a Miami fan. I'm a big Brian Flores guy. I think he's a good coach, and I think the team really likes him. I think they rally around him and Fitzpatrick, which, you know, m- you know, being morally, morally fulfilled isn't going to win you football games. But I don't think Miami's quite as bad as other people or as, as other – would make them out to be. And you even said you think they could hang around here. So I do. We'll see. Mike Gusecki's snap count last game was definitely concerning. Only 49%. I think he's a little bit too expensive for me, so I probably don't get there. But Hawkinson's an interesting one. Uh, I had over 39 and a half yards on Hawkinson. Took until the fourth quarter, but we got there. He hadn't really done much throughout that game, but finished with seven targets. He's going to start having some big games, I think, Ben. I, yeah. I think we're going to begin to see some really solid games from Hawkinson. 
uh, so long as he's on the field with Matt, with a healthy Matt Stafford and a, and a pretty pass happy offense if they're playing from behind. Agree. And I think Galladay coming back, it may hurt the volume, but it'll really help the efficiency. So it's a net plus. You don't yep. want you don't want defenses keying in on Hawkinson. You want him as that kind of second, third option. He'll still get enough work to be viable. That's right. Yeah. And he actually played way more snaps last week than he had uh, in the yep. past. Uh, in week three, he ran. Uh, I can't find it. We're going to try and pull up his routes around for week three. Can't find it. Anyway, that's okay. Any cheap tight ends you like before we get out of here for the day? Not really, to be honest. You know, it's this is where, just to tie, put a bow on everything, this is why I think it's important not to have hard and fast rules. I, I talked to a lot of people over the week that say, like, I pay down at tight end. And it's like, well, that's great if the slate allows that, but you shouldn't be forcing it in. And a lot of times I look to pay down at tight end I don't see much that I'm really into. I look at the Texans tight ends, not, not super interested. Is there anyone that stood out if you want to save salary? I don't see a lot right now. No. And Drew Sample was a topic of conversation after Usoma went down. Uh, Lance Thomas has, has continued to burn people. I, I will say the, the, the opportunities are there for Lance Thomas, right? He's Logan. been targeted seven plus times. <laughs> Lance Thomas, Logan Thomas. <laughs> for Sorry. Great. Who's Lance Thomas? He's an NBA player. You don't know Lance Thomas? For the Knicks. I don't know where he is now, but... Well, obviously, I know who he is if I was calling him Lance Thomas. Well, yeah, yeah, I I was going to say, I figured, yeah, Logan Thomas, yeah, Lance Thomas is on the Nets now. My mind is not an NBA player. on the Nets now? Yeah, that's what it says in Wikipedia. Huh. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I had a ton of people asking me about him the one day. Uh, Do I play Lance Thomas? And I remember I said, don't go near him. He got out to an early start, nine points, one rebound in the first, like, six minutes. You know what he finished with? Six points. They took some away. (laughs) Nine (laughs) points, two rebounds. Yeah. Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, former Virginia Tech quarterback. Uh, I loved him in college. Yeah. Again, though, I, I, I get maybe looking to him a little in cash. People have been targeting him. Eh. The ceiling seems a little capped, especially if he doesn't find the end zone. So brutal matchup um, too. Yeah, I'm just not really there this week on these low, low punt tight ends. No, I guess I'll last last one I'll throw at you. Jimmy Graham's pretty cheap, and he was actually really heavily used last game. He was. Maybe that doesn't continue. There's a very good chance it doesn't. But is Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham was targeted, um, but let's see here. In Okay, here you go. Get this, dude. This will blow your mind. And I think we need to consider this. With with the Nick Foles came in after halftime, right? It was first half Trubisky, second half Foles, yes. I believe. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if, if Trubisky came out and they pulled him after a drive, but I think it was he played the whole first half. It was around that, if not yeah, that. I'm so. pretty sure Foles played the whole second half. Jimmy Graham in the first quarter – and in the first half, saw two targets. In the second half, he saw eight targets, and he saw one, two, three, four, five, six. Sorry, seven targets in the um, in the fourth quarter alone for Jimmy Graham. Nine in the in the second half. Yeah, so it, it's tough. You can you can take that one of two ways. One, you could say that Nick Foles is much more comfortable throwing to the tight end, and that's a great thing for Jimmy Graham. Or 
you could say that they were in such catch up mode that everyone was getting targets because that was just a crazy game. I think it's a mixture of both. I just, I don't know. This Bears team, maybe with Derek Cohen out though, there is some room to to target these fringe guys outside of Allen Robinson. I don't hate him. I really don't. That's if you want to look to, what's that? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a reasonable case for a thin, cheap tight end pool for sure. Yeah, if you want to look at somebody cheap, I think I can get there. Uh, and you know, we talk about routes run. Jimmy Graham ran forty three routes this week, so he was on the field quite a bit. Ben, I guess that does it for us, man. We'll do this as we always do to close it out. Uh, oh yeah. Favorite low owned or sorry, favorite low priced defense will go below twenty eight hundred. Okay. Who so do below, you guys have in chat this week? We got eight defenses to choose from. God, I want to say the Browns so badly, but I'm not going to. I'm going to say the Raiders defense. Again, it's just a product of Josh Allen does some things that are going to get you into trouble. He's great. I think we all know by now I'm a big Josh Allen guy, but he makes mistakes, and that's the key for defenses. I think the Raiders can force some turnovers, 2,700. All right, I dig it. I'm going to go with the Texans. Yeah, I I don't particularly love what I've seen from them, but we can't ignore the really good teams that they faced through the first couple of weeks. Uh, They've been terrible defensively, like fantasy point production, awful, no question. But Kirk Cousins is going to get, he's going to make mistakes. I think there's, there's some, some opportunity there. I'll ask you one more. You can close this out. Panthers against Arizona. I looked at that. Yeah. I, I figure it's at least worth, spending 30 seconds on Kyler Murray uh, has thrown an interception in every game. He threw three picks against that Detroit defense last time out. Um, Is there, is there, is there any merit to saying, Hey, they're dirt cheap at home. Maybe there's some opportunity there. So I I don't mind it. The one thing that I'm a little concerned about through three games, they only have two sacks total. And the key for defenses is to get pressure. Uh, they got to make Murray uncomfortable. If he has no pressure, I doubt we see a lot of turnovers. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys being with us as always. We'll see you back here tomorrow. We're going to be talking top stacks. We're getting our stack ownership or top stack tool should be updated. Ownership should be updated. Matt Gajewski, Kyle Dvorak, and myself, 11 a.m. Eastern time. So be sure to stick around for that. For those of you still playing Major League Baseball, some pretty big contests coming up today, and we've got you covered. It's MLB Live Before Lock, 1 p.m. Eastern. Alex Baker, Jason Floyd. And then at 2.30, it's the PGA Strategy Show with Ben Rasa and Timothy Frank, your place for all DFS content right here at awesomeo.com. We'll see you back here tomorrow.